Welcome to it. Hello, America. It's Friday. So I told you yesterday about repo madness. What was happening in uh, the banking community? Uh, and if you if you paid attention yesterday on what was you know what we were talking about and what was happening, there was a problem at the banks where they have this overnight lending system, and all of the banks have to have a certain amount of cash on hand. And they do this every night. They look and say, how much money do we have in the bank? You know what? Call Citibank and ask them if we can borrow, you know, $10 billion. We'll sell them this uh, and, uh, and we'll buy it back tomorrow morning. Happens all the time. Banks loan each other money all the time. Now, back in 2008, Bear Stearns started asking for money. And the other banks were like, um, now you're asking for an awful lot of money. I'm not really sure you're too healthy. And so they started going to what was called the discount window, where they could go to the Fed in the middle of the night. But nobody wanted to go to the discount window because the discount window was really, it was the walk of shame. If you went to that window, the, the other banks would know that you were in trouble. So Bear Stearns went to the discount window and the Fed said, okay, we'll, we'll, write you some, we'll write you some cash, okay? Just to keep them afloat, just to keep everything going. But don't worry, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. As the crash started to happen, there was a credit crunch. Not with you. The banks, you could still, everything seemed normal. Kind of like, oh, I don't know, right now where everything seemed normal. But at night, the banks were in full-fledged panic because they had to have a certain amount of money in the bank every night to cover everything. And what normally goes on is Bank of America will call Citibank or Citibank will call J.P. Morgan Chase or whatever, and they'll work it out. And they say, hey, can you just transfer some of your money and I'm going to transfer this asset over to you and then tomorrow we'll, we'll reverse that. Not a problem. Until every bank in 2008 was freaking out because they, none of them had enough money to cover their expenses. And the first sign of trouble is the overnight interest rate, which should be 1.75. The overnight interest rate when the bank goes and says, hey, I want to buy a new house. Except what they're really saying is, hey, I don't have enough money in my vault to cover the stuff that I just bought. Uh, can you just borrow? Can I borrow some money for the overnight? And the banks say, sure, 1.75. The credit crunch became so bad as of Monday that the interest rate that the banks were selling each other these loans for the overnight was 10%. Imagine you borrow $10 billion from another bank in the overnight, and you have to pay 10% on that money. That's not going to go well or last long. And the reason why it was 10% was because no one had enough money. They were all calling each other. Hey, uh, could you uh, loan me some money? Uh, I don't know. I can't. Of course, I'll find it if you, if you pay me 10% in the morning. That's what was happening. So the Federal Reserve knew this. 
And so they just casually made an announcement. Hey, nothing to see here, nothing to worry about, but we're going to loan uh, $55 trillion, or uh, sorry, billion dollars, $55 billion to the banks tonight. And we're just going to do it tonight. Well, it came back that they needed, the banks needed $65 billion for the night. Then the next night, the Fed decided to do it again, and so they offered $65 billion. Well, they needed $75 billion. Every time they opened the, quote, discount window, every time they made these purchases of assets. By the way, they're not paying them back the next day. They're just buying these assets. Every time they did that, they needed more. So they kept doing it. Remember, this is only going to happen Monday night. They did it again last night. They've done it Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and they're going to do it again tonight. So that is, that's where we were. That's what I told you yesterday. This is so critically important that you pay attention. So where are we? Well, the $75 billion per day from the Fed extended last night into day four. We are now at $350 billion that has been injected into the U.S. investment banks in four days, and the banks are still asking for more. The markets are not functioning. If the banks need $75 billion a day in new cash just for their day-to-day operations, J.P. Morgan Chase has taken $52 billion in cash and new capital from the Fed in three days. That is 22% of what the entire company is worth. That's their market cap. 22% and they borrowed that cash or took that cash in three days. The world's largest investment bank needing $12.5 billion every day in newly printed cash from the Fed to provide cash on the books. In 2007, the initial bid from Lehman Brothers was $620 million. Six days later, a 120-year-old company, 11,200 employees, 8.9 million investors, worth $14 billion in market cap, was gone. We have a problem here. We have a real problem. In four days, they have given out almost half of what we argued about. We argued all week long that week when we had to rush this through. It was the thing that caused the Tea Party really to stand up. Wait a minute, you're bailing these banks out. What about everybody else? They're doing it now quietly, and they've already spent half of the cash that they spent for TARP. And they did that in four days. And no one is talking about it. There is a real problem with the banks. We're not talking just Lehman Brothers now. We are talking all of the banks. 
But wait, let's talk about blackface. Wait, there's rain in Houston. You know, it's climate hysteria day. We've got to get Trump's tax returns in California. Oh, we've got to re- we've got to get all of the ARs back. Don't you even say that we're talking about confiscating ARs. We're not talking about that. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you aren't. Meanwhile, the banks are in trouble. Are you awake? Last night, Marianne Williamson gave the answer of the decade. This is exactly what is happening in all of our society. Last night, Marianne Williamson was asked by a college student, what is your problem? What is your problem with nuclear energy? Go ahead. Ms. Williamson, uh, thank you for taking my question. My name is Emily Berry, and I'm a student from the University of Maryland College Park. I'm studying government and politics and economics. Um, So you say that in your environmental crisis plan that you want the United States to stop all use of nuclear energy. What do you identify as the problems with nuclear energy, and what do you say to those who think it simply gets a bad reputation? What was the last thing you said? What do I say to those who what? what What are your issues with nuclear energy? Well, I know Germany had said at one point, we're just going no nuclear. But then when they said no nuclear, there was a problem because they had a hard time keeping up with the other standards that they agreed to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's your problem? Mm -hmm. What is wrong with that? Yes. She has no idea. Listen. If something goes wrong with nuclear energy. If something goes wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think people have really stopped to take in the horror. The horror of what See, we need an integrated politics. Mm-hmm. We need to go beyond hard data. We need to go beyond uh, just to go beyond thinking about data. the facts. Go, on, go beyond facts. I want facts. you to think about this with your heart. I think with your heart. Something goes wrong there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happens? What are we even talking about? What are we what talking are we? about? How can I we think even that's, consider it? That's really what we and have so, to talk about. So what? Maybe we'd all... Maybe we'd all... Be... Be a little warmer, a little, a little warmer, cooler. A little cooler. <laughs> I mean, Americans, we have to decide. We have to decide. That's the problem I have with nuclear. That's the problem. There is no problem. What are you talking about? France has 70% of their power coming from nuclear energy. Everybody says, let's be more like France. There is no problem with nuclear energy. America, you got to start thinking with your heart. America, I am telling you right now, wake up. Wake up and stop listening to this nonsense, this babbling. It doesn't make any sense. Stop thinking with your frickin' heart and use the brain that God also gave you. These people make no sense. None. They are not even, they're not even trying anymore to give you a good argument. They're now talking about everybody's going to get free health care, free housing, free education. Free It's not free. Well, we're the richest nation in the world. We're the richest nation in the world. Are we really? Are we really? We have more debt than anyone has ever had at any time in all of human history. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but mom and dad are struggling to make things uh, work. 
your your business down the street is making uh, making ends meet just barely. Oh, yeah, the fat cats in Washington, the banks are doing it because they can do something that you can't do. And that is borrow freshly printed money. They can go to the banks and to the Fed and to the Treasury and say, we're too big to fail. But you can't. You can't. And no socialist program will get you out of this. Only clear thinking, only facts, only actual mathematics that don't give a flying crap how you got to the answer. If it's not right, it's not right. America, wake up and prepare yourself for times we have not seen since the 1930s. Sorry, I don't mean to yell at you. I'm yelling at everyone else. I know you get it. I'll tell you what you can do here in just a second. I hate when I get like this. I hate when I get like this. I just can't take the news of the day. I just can't take it. There's nobody th- there's nobody saying anything that is actually going to help people. I'm here here's what I, here's what it is. This is really really bad for the collective because it will only help those uh, it'll only hurt those banks that are already struggling. But those banks put you as the last person to get their money. If you have money on deposit at a bank, because when we did TARP, they did something else. They changed you from one of the first people to get paid. So you can go in and George Bailey can say, wait a minute, your money is here and your money is here. I want $282. You can't get your money with the banks. You're the last one to get paid. Now, you'll get it through the FDIC, which will mean more printed money. Nobody is talking to you about uh, the, the stock market is doing well only because that's the place we see inflation. Because the only people that have the money are these banks and others that can get the free cash. They're people like the sovereign funds because they are counting on America. It's the only place they can get a return on their money. And so they're counting on America. And they're putting all of that money into our stock market. And everybody is buying their stuff back because why? They have the money. Your money is in the stock market. Your money is in bonds. Your money is in banks. If we go through another banking collapse, socialism will be in our future, our very near future. America will change overnight, and those who say they are against socialism today will be for socialism tomorrow. All of our politicians will not want to be remembered as Herbert Hoover. They will all want to be FDR. And they will say it's just temporary, but it will not be temporary. Wait, they want to be like the guy who extended the Depression for 12 years? Yes. They want to be like him. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, they will. 
Is that amazing that they want to be like that guy? You need you need your money in a local credit union. You need your money in a local bank. You need your money in a local bank that is not affiliated with these big banks. Please, please do your own homework. And stop listening to the nonsense that is out there. Stop. Climate change may require elimination of car ownership. Oh, really? That's that's a candidate, Andrew Yang. Um, we've got uh, we've got uh, all kinds of great stories uh, today. Burger King removing ham from the word hamburger to avoid offending Muslims. What the hell are you even talking about? Get over it. Here's an idea. Educate yourself enough to know that hamburger has no ham in it. Good God, what's wrong with us? This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Pat said to me uh, in the break, he said, this is really scary. Where are you, where are you getting your numbers? Because I'm not seeing them anywhere. They are available. All you have to do mm-hmm. is just Google Fed Repo, R-E-P-O. But then you're going to get it from CNBC or Reuters, and they're going to write it in a way that only banks and businesses understand. Much less scary than what you're saying. Well, yeah, because you, because do yeah. you understand it? No. Okay. So really. read it to me, what you just found online, and I will explain what, what this means. I will translate into English. Okay. Uh, they're saying cash available to banks for their short-term funding, <clears throat> for their short-term funding needs, all but dried up earlier this week. And in- interest rates in the U.S. money market shot up as high as 10% for some overnight loans. Okay. Do you understand that? They don't have enough cash in the cash drawer to mm-hmm. cover everything that they have to cover. So usually they go to the other bank and they say, hey, can I borrow enough money just to cover my my shortfalls uh, in the overnight? The other bank says, sure, they do this all the time, but it's usually right at the Fed rate of today. It's one point seven five. That's what banks can loan money to each other on. It was as high as 10 percent. Why is it now at 10 percent? The reason why you have higher interest rates is because the bank figures you're a risky loan. Okay, so... So it's just like they're loaning to somebody with a bad credit rating. Correct. Yeah. They don't have the money. They need to make the money themselves. If you'll borrow it at 10% overnight, God bless you, here it is. That forced the Fed to make an emergency injection of more than $125 billion over the past two days. So this was written on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't include Wednesday night and Thursday night. And to- not tonight they're going to do and it tonight again. tonight they're going to do it again. They're up to almost half of all of TARP. By the, the middle of next week, if this continues, by the middle of next week, we will have printed as much money and bailed out the banks again as much as we did for TARP. And no one is talking about it. So... Then it goes on to say that this is the first major market uh, intervention since the financial crisis a decade Correct. ago. This is the only time they've ever done it. Okay, so the exact cause of this squeeze is a matter of some debate. Oh, I'm sure it is. Most market participants agree that two coincidental events on Monday were... Two coincidences. At least partly to blame. Okay, all right. Oh, okay. What are the, what's coincidence number one? Well, 
uh, corporations had to withdraw funds from money market accounts to pay for their quarterly tax bills. Okay, so they had to pay their taxes. All right, number two. And on the same day, the uh-huh, bank, uh-huh. the banks and investors who bought the $78 billion worth of U.S. Treasury notes and bonds sold by Uncle Sam last week had to settle up. Okay, so they bought treasuries from mm-hmm. the U.S. government. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let's mm-hmm. just look at those two coincidences. What do those two coincidences have in common? You know, besides they both happened this week. What do they both have in common? Taxes and treasuries. What do they have in common? Um, they're both coming from the U.S. government? No, they're both the going, going to, to the, the U.S. government. government. Right. The right, right. spending that mm. we have is completely out of control. Yeah. So... The taxes, they've got to pay that, which means they have to sell some assets to pay their taxes. If you're selling assets, if I have to sell my car to pay my taxes, That's I'm in thing. trouble. Yes, okay. Definitely. Sign that maybe the taxes are too hard or too high. If everybody has to sell their car to pay the taxes, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. The second is the treasury. We are, they're buying bonds. They're buying U.S. Treasury bonds, you know, full faith and credit in the United States. So they bought that bond so they could give that money to the Treasury so the Treasury could spend all of that money, you know, on universal health care and all those great things. Mm -hmm. So they bought that bond. They had to pay for that bond, but they can't pay for that bond. They don't have enough money. So they, Paid for it. Now what happens? Now they're in so much trouble that they have to go to the Fed, which is the one that is printing the money and selling the bonds with the Treasury. So they bought the bond so the bank could give the government enough money. But then the person who bought the bond is in trouble. So the Fed has to print money to cover the bond. Mm hmm. So the bond is a shell game. There is no such thing as borrowed money. It's printed money. The people who are buying it can't afford it, and so the government bails them out and gives them money so they can buy the bond. It's a shell game. What they both have in common is out-of-control spending. When you can't go in and buy something on loan, it's because the banks are all tied up in their money in treasury bonds. Let me, let me go. Why did we go off of the gold standard? Do you know why we went off the gold standard? Because we, went off we the, wanted unlimited spending. Yes. We wanted, we wanted mm-hmm. the great society and we wanted the war. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't enough gold to be able to print enough money. So we went off the gold standard and said, well, we're just, we're not going to ever crazy just print with nothing. But we're, we just need a little bit more money. And we convinced the world that they could do it too. So there is not enough gold to cover all of the cash that is out there. So we've already gone off the gold standard. Now we've went off any standard. We, we don't have any mathematical standard. We have no standard whatsoever. Mm-hmm. We just keep thinking we can print more money. And so when we went off the gold standard, we said, well, we're going to keep it within reason. We've gone so far off reason that even the, well, we're just going to wing it here. We're going to be fine. Even that standard isn't low enough. 
So we have to print more money because there's not enough cash to do everything that the government is already saying it wants to do. And we have people that are now saying, we can afford it, we can do more. I feel like the accountant who is, nobody's listening to in this big room of everybody, you know, working numbers and everybody's like oh yeah no it's fine we can do that i feel like the one accountant that is standing on that floor of accountants going guys you are all insane don't you see what's happening and nobody sees it because everybody's got a plan everybody is convinced that the system will work my gosh i'm saying exactly the same things i was saying in 2007 So do you understand that story? Maybe a little bit? Yeah. What else is in that story? Uh, well, they offer maybe a third explanation. A third explanation. On top of all of that. Uh-huh. I love this explanation. The reserves that banks park with the Fed and are often made available to other banks is on an overnight basis are at their lowest level since 2001, thanks to the central bank's culling of its vast portfolio. So they're just taking advantage of a... A, a bargain here is is essentially what they're saying. I think that it's just a a sale on money now. So just come and get it, and that's why they're they're not in trouble. This is just a, it's just you know this is just a sale. You don't understand. It's much more complex than you're thinking it is. Mm-hmm. There are system. It's not that big of a deal. Look, no. they had to pay their taxes. <clears throat> yeah, they bought all these treasuries. They didn't have the money. Uh, you know, the the funds are at the lowest rates, you know, sitting there in the Fed. We have to park those things. Somebody's got to take night, advantage of it. We bought those. We took that cash and we bought some stuff from the Fed. So we're <laughs> really okay. I'm telling you, it's all fine. Don't worry. It's just a coincidence. This is kind of interesting, too. Added together, these factors are testing the limits. Apparently, there's a limit to this apparently. overnight thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll bet they don't stick by it, but there's yeah. this sort of there's nebulous a limit. Yeah, limit. limit. Testing the limits of the $2.2 trillion repurchase agreement or repo market. It's a gray but essential component of 2. the U.S. 2. financial system. $2.2 trillion. $2.2 trillion. That's supposedly the limit of where okay. they'll go. But okay. we're already at $350 right. billion? Uh, Yeah, as of last night... Uh, we'll be We're about by 15% the end of, next of the way week, there. If they do it by the end of next <clears throat> week, we'll be at a trillion dollars. Just so you know, we all had a problem with this happening with 787 billion. Yeah. Uh, not even a trillion. Now it's a $2.2 trillion bailout. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The Fed's just going to print, print $2.2 trillion they've in, done in it, possibly two weeks. They've done it this way, kind of in the cover of darkness. So they don't, they don't even have to talk about it. Right. The American people don't even know about you it. You don't even understand we it. We just created this system this is as a bailout, the and la- you don't even know. The last time I talked wow. about this, everybody said it was a conspiracy theory or mm-hmm. whatever because the banks were relying on their systems. They were relying on their systems. And everybody else didn't hear anybody of credibility talk about it. Nobody talked about it, and so people didn't listen. I'm telling you now, I don't know when it's coming, but it's bad this time. If you thought 2008 was bad, Mm -hmm. it's bad this time because there is no way. There's no tarp coming because they're doing it right now. So there is no tarp coming. There is no thing that the government can do. 
If the government decides to step in, they have to go to modern monetary theory. And that theory is we can print as much money as we need. That's used to be called Zimbabwe. That used to be called Venezuela. That used to be called the Weimar Republic. It is not a new modern monetary theory. It is an old one that ends the same way every time. It will mean the United States will be Mexico. Please. Please consider just spreading your risk out. Please just consider what you're doing with your cash right now. Please consider that your bank, your, your bank should be a local bank or a credit union. Please just consider that. Welcome to the program. Uh, I want to give you one more piece of advice on this, and then we're going to move on. Bill O'Reilly is coming up in just a second. But please, please uh, get out of your high-interest credit cards if you can, uh, whether you're refinancing at a lower rate. But when this does occur, God forbid, if it does occur, you're going to have trouble meeting your expenses and if you have high interest credit card rates uh and they're high already look at this the banks are charging they're being charged the least for a loan that they've ever been charged but you have a high interest rate why is that because you're a bad credit risk and the banks see a way to make money off of you at 18 percent it's outrageous, and we have to go to the Fed when they're where they have to pay interest rate of ten percent, but you can pay fifteen, eighteen, and it will go higher because money will be more scarce. People will be losing their jobs, and they will be considered a bad interest uh, risk, a credit risk, and so those credit card numbers are going to go higher and higher and higher. Please do everything you can to get that paid down as much as you can. Because this is this will be the biggest transfer of wealth ever when it comes. Just transfer all that wealth to the banks and to the governments of the world. And you will be the one that is paying for it. Please try to get out of your, your credit cards. The only credit card that I, that I carry is an American Express because I have to pay it off at the end of the month. And I know that's hard to do for a lot of people, but you've got to try to get there. Get those high interest. If it's a if you have any kind of equity in your home or something, look for consolidation. Loans are going to be hard to get for the average person. Credit will be hard to get for the small companies. They'll bail people out, though. They'll borrow money and, and they'll print money for the big corporations. GM. They'll be fine again. Uh but not you, not you. Learn from what happened in 2008. You were left to fend for yourself. And anybody who says, I'm from the government and I'm here to help, they're not telling you the truth. And that includes Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, if this happens before the election, Elizabeth Warren is going to look like an absolute dream because she'll promise she'll take care of everyone and hold you in her arms. 
government is the problem. Government is the problem. They are not here to help. Believe me. All right. Back with Mr. Bill O'Reilly coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck Program.